The views, opinions, and content of the show hosts and their guests appearing on America's Web Radio are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of the station. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of all ages. I am Roger B., and this is Locked and Loaded on America's Web Radio. We're going to talk about gun stuff today because it seems as if self-defense in this country is becoming a crime in itself. There's a reason for that. It, the, Demo- the, the liberals do not want you to be armed. They want you to be at the mercy of government protectors. And like, like we've said hundreds of times before, when seconds count, cops are minutes away. Can you afford to risk your family's safety on waiting for somebody else to come protect you? I mean, it's funny because I've said this before too, but you may not believe in God and you may not believe in guns, and that's fine. That's your right. That's your God-given right. <laughs> but I guarantee you, if you have no gun in your house and someone's breaking into your house where your family is sleeping and you hear them, what are you going to do? You're going to call somebody with a gun and pray they get there in time. Exactly. All of a sudden, your beliefs get flipped on their head because, hey, all of a sudden you realize the reason why we need to be an armed and polite society. It's funny because when everybody is armed, everybody's much more polite because they realize they no longer have power over you. And criminals believe they have power over you if they have a gun and you don't. So why not even the odds? Why not take that step, decide to protect your family, your property, yourself, protect them from criminals who will rather do you harm, steal stuff from you, possibly take your life. Why would you want to risk that into a phone call that maybe the police officer will arrive in time? And if they don't, what do you, what do you, what's the best you can hope for at that point? That they draw a nice clean chalk outline around your body laying on the floor? Yeah, I'd rather take my chances. As I, as I'm sure some of you have heard before, better to be judged by 12 than carried by 6. In case you don't know what that means, a jury normally consists of 12 people. I'd rather have 12 people decide my fate than to be carried by 6 pallbearers to, to, to my burial site. Those are the kind of things you need to think about. What are you willing to risk to protect your family? Or are you not willing to risk anything? Are you going to count on the government to protect you, to provide for you, to provide for your safety? And, you know, a lot of times that's all you need. If it's a very heavily populated area where police are just, you know, a few seconds away, possibly. But what if they still don't get there in time? You're putting at risk your family, yourself, your property. To hope somebody arrives in time. You know what? It doesn't take that much. If you are capable, if you think you have the mindset to defend yourself, if you have the mindset to shoot somebody, to possibly kill somebody, to defend your family from harm, then you need to take that step. Go to your local range, see about getting some lessons, see about purchasing something, you know, but definitely look into it. If you think you have the mindset to do that, now some people just cannot. They don't have the mindset. They don't have the discipline. They don't want to know how. And that's fine. If you don't, then get something non-lethal. There's all kinds of non-lethal options. There are pepper sprays, tear gas sprays. Um, There's shockers and tasers and things like that where it's non-lethal so you don't have to worry about killing anybody. But those are options too. But take some form of protection against these idiots. Pardon? Axe handles. Axe handles, baseball bats. Yeah, there's some stuff there. Now, granted, the the lethality of those can depend on the user. 
<laughs> the right 250-pound guy swinging a baseball bat at your head might be a lethal blow, you know. But if you're swinging that hard, you're trying to harm somebody. So, But, you know, a lot of times, it yeah, you can use a samurai sword. I'd, I think I'd be more scared of someone coming at me with a samurai sword than coming at me with a gun because their mental stability would be in question for sure. <laughs> and that sword has a pretty good reach, too, especially in close quarters. Oh, my. I'd hate to be, you know, hate to have to decapitate somebody. But, hey, you come into the house with a gun and I don't happen to have mine within five feet of me, then, you know, there might be a sword within reach of me. And I will definitely take that to task. Be like Highlander all over again. Great movie. Well, the first one and the third one. <clears throat> the second one, not so much. But yeah, take a step. I mean, because the police are being defunded all over the country. They're much more hesitant to get themselves into situations where they're in danger or they have to use their weapon because the public is calling for them to be held accountable every time they pull that weapon out, which is fine, but they tend to push for the rights of the of the perpetrators and the criminals and the lawbreakers over the rights of innocent people or the police officers or law enforcement of any type. And whenever society does that, they're saying it's okay for the criminals to do what they're doing. It's okay for them to go out and kill people. It's okay because, oh, they weren't raised right. They had a bad childhood. You know, they had a bad day at work, whatever it is, you know, maybe they're trans, gendered something or other, transgendered, misgendered, whatever, and they get all mad and they want to go out and shoot a bunch of people. Like the school shooting we heard of a couple of weeks ago that was going on. I mean, that, somebody just went in and it was premeditated to the to an extreme extent. And they killed, he killed three children and three teachers. Or, yeah, she, he, I forgot what it was. Yeah, right. Was it a she? It was a she, but thought it was a he. The she that thought it was a he. It was a trans something or others. I don't know. But I think it was, it was a biological woman, I believe. Yes. Let's, let's do it like that. Biological female. But she thought she was a man, but she decided to kill a bunch of people in the school. And there were people going on seven people dead. It's like, no, there were six people dead. This, the seventh person deserves to die. They don't even need to be mentioned. I won't mention their name at all. So, you know, that's something some people won't do. Don't glorify the criminals. Don't give them their 15 minutes of fame. Just let them go down in history as some crazy nutbag, which is what they are. That's ridiculous to go kill, what, nine-year-old children? Oh, my God. It's uh, horrifying. But what if that school had had an armed guard? What if they had had an Army veteran who had had training in situations like this in Iraq or in during a Gulf War or something like that, what if they had had that sort of training and they could go door to door and they could find this person and take them out, prevent them from doing any more harm? You know, and it's crazy because we're going to spend money on what, 87,000 new IRS agents to collect money from U.S. citizens through taxes, which I understand they have to collect money, but you know what? 87,000 people could be hired better to protect schools all over the country. But you know what? That doesn't generate any income for the government, so they're much less likely to be interested in that. The IRS agents will generate money to pay for their own salaries. That's what the government, they're being run like a, like a, a business. They're supposed to be a, you know, governing force. They're not supposed to be a business. They're not supposed to be making money off the people just so they can provide for themselves. And the government has been grown so much over the last 20 to 30 years. It's incredible. George Bush 
doubled the size of the federal government in approximately eight years. Now, you think that's a lot, that to double the size of the federal government in eight years is a lot. Now, a lot of that happened because of 9-11, because he was... He was president then, and we had to come up with Homeland Security and all these other security issues and things like that. Wait a second. You said George Soros. You're talking about George Bush. Yeah, George Bush. Yeah, well, you said George Soros. Oh, no, no, George Bush. George Bush doubled the size of the federal government in eight years. But then, as if that was not enough, Obama comes in after Bush, and he doubles the size of the government again in under four years. So, I mean, it's not a contest either with these politicians to try and have the biggest government. But apparently that's what they think. Now, I know a lot of the more liberal people think the government should be in a lot more control of a lot more things, and people should not have control over their own lives. One reason why the Second Amendment was placed second, right behind freedom of speech and freedom to assemble, is because the only thing that can protect the freedom of speech and the freedom to assemble is armed citizens who will fight against tyranny. And I know it sounds it sounds awful to say people go, oh, you're going to fight against the government? I go, well, how was this country founded? This country was founded 1776. They were founded by fighting against the government that was in place. They fought against England to gain their freedom from an oppressive government. And, you know, it, it, it sounds like, yeah, I understand you want to have patriotism, you want to believe in your country, but when they violate the law, when they go against the Constitution, when they ignore the rules that were put in place, the governing rules that are there, it's hard to want to support them in this. I mean, I don't want to support a government that doesn't believe in my rights that are clearly spelled out and have been protected for over 200 years. Well, right now, we still have the voting box. So if you don't believe your representatives in Congress or in, in the Senate or in local government are representing you how you want to be, then go ahead and vote them out. It's You still have that power. And as long as the elections are done by people who care and will pay attention and will do some research, I encourage everybody, find out who you're voting for. Find out where they stand. Do they defend the Second Amendment? Are they in favor of you protecting yourself, your family, and and your your property? Because that's the only thing that stands between you and a criminal. That's why the Second Amendment is second only to freedom of speech and freedom to assemble. Because if you think about it, without the Second Amendment, what good is the First Amendment? How can you have freedom of speech and freedom to assemble if you don't have a way to defend that right? You have to have a way to defend your right to assemble. You have to have a way to defend your right to free speech. Because let's not forget, you can vote your way into socialism, but you're going to have to fight your way out. It was proved time and time again. You know, you can make a list of all the socialist countries who were successful with socialism. Yeah, that's a blank piece of paper, by the way, in case you're wondering. There are no countries who have successfully instituted full socialism and had happier people. I don't think humans are meant to be governed like that. They require freedom. They require expression of themselves. They require the ability to be able to better themselves. And if the government is too oppressive, that cannot be done. And it's, you know, if you think about it, uh, this is something that's irked me forever, is that every person in the country is probably taxed at an approximate rate. Any person who's earning their own way, not getting federal money to support them is probably paying approximately 50% in taxes. 
Now, before you say, oh, no, no, that's not me. I don't do that. That's I'm a much lower tax bracket. Well, let me tell you something. The Social Security tax is 7.5% of every dollar you earn, regardless. And your employer has to match that with another 7.5%. So that's 15% of money that you would be getting that goes to the government right off the bat without touching a thing. Say you're in the lowest tax bracket and you're paying 10%. That's 25%. Then you have to pay property taxes. Then you have to pay gasoline taxes. Then you have to pay sales taxes. There's a million other taxes that add up to where the lowest tax rate you're probably involved in in this country is close to 50%. And then people who make a lot of money, they pay even more than that. They can pay up to 40% in income tax alone and another 15% in Social Security taxes. I mean, that's over 50% just there, not including the sales tax, the gas tax, the property tax, every other tax that they put on you. There's no way you keep more than 50% of your money if you're working legitimately in this country. And that's how the Revolutionary War started. They were being taxed on things they didn't believe should have been taxable. They were being taxed on their tea, which they thought was a, a right that they had. The right to have tea and not have it taxed ridiculously high in order to you know, make their leaders in Britain, who they had no representation with at all. So they didn't even have a vote to decide how their money was going to be spent or what part of it would come back to the colonies. And they finally decided enough was enough, and they went up against the most powerful empire in the world at the time and defeated them and won their independence. And they did that because they had guns. That was the only thing that stopped the British from keeping the colonies as slave colonies, keeping them working to support the crown. And it's funny because the one holiday that is most widely celebrated in the entire world is freedom from British rule. (laughs) I know it sounds funny, but there's so many. There was a time where the sun never set on the British Empire. They had holdings and they took over lands all over the world. And the most popular single holiday is freedom from British rule. I mean, you think of every country that's has celebrated their freedom from being ruled by the British, it's a long list. And there's a lot of people in most of those countries. So it's kind of funny, though. Now, granted, it's not all on the same day. Not everybody celebrates July 4th. That happens to be ours, but there, I should look up other ones. I'm sure there's India, there's Australia, there's parts of Southeast Asia, other parts of North America, perhaps. Canada, I guess, was one. But, you know, worldwide, that's the most single celebrated holiday in the world is the freedom from British rule. And that was done because people had guns. They could stand up and defend themselves. They could stop tyranny in its tracks. Now, the British tried to implement gun control. They tried to take away every gun at the time that they deemed a military-style weapon, an assault weapon, if you will, which is the new term for military-style weapons. They tried to take all the assault rifles away from colonists. And before you go, oh, that's not an assault rifle. Like, at the time, it was. That was how it was rated. Anything that had a ramrod made of metal and not wood was considered a military-style weapon. Same thing with AR-15s. They're considered military-style weapons. The term assault weapon is completely a misnomer. It has no bearing on the the type of weapon it is. Anything that's used to assault somebody is an assault weapon doesn't matter whether it's a gun, a knife, a hammer, a car, a truck, anything you use to inflict harm on somebody deliberately is an assault weapon. 
Yeah, if you poke somebody in the eye with a pencil, that becomes an assault weapon. So don't buy this business that the the media is trying to paint these certain types of guns into a corner because they don't like the way they look because they have an appearance that offends them. It's it's ridiculous. I say it all the time. Just because you point, paint racing stripes on your Camry does not make it a race car. Just because you put a pistol grip on your Ruger Mini 14 does not make it a fully automatic assault weapon. That's part of the definition of assault weapon, by the way, is that you must have a select fire function, and they do not. Weapons in this country that are sold to the general public without extra restrictions are semi-automatic only. One pull of the trigger for one bullet fired. That's the way it's been. That's the way it's always been. So these people thinking they're going to go buy a machine gun at a gun show and walk out with it, you are completely wrong. You have been brainwashed by the lamestream media by telling you you can go out and buy assault weapons. You cannot buy assault weapon or assault rifle is considered select fire. None of the ones you can buy and take home that day are available like that. There are certain people who possess licenses and permits to own these types of weapons. They are extremely rare because you cannot own anything manufactured past 1986. So in 1986, they limited all the fully automatic weapons to anything manufactured up to that date. Beyond that, you cannot own anything manufactured after that date as a private citizen. So basically what that's done to automatic weapons is driven the price up because the supply became extremely limited and the population has since doubled since that happened. Most of these sit in safes and collectors and collect in collections of weapon collectors. They collect these things because they are valuable and they accelerate in value every year. In fact, most fully automatic weapons outpace the stock market every single year in appreciation. And they're very liquid. As long as you have somebody willing to do the paperwork to get it to them, they're very liquid as far as being able to sell it in a reasonable amount of time. It doesn't take years to sell one, but you have to have all the paperwork in line in order to do that. But it's not that bad. I mean, you have you buy a weapon that you could have bought for five or six thousand dollars is now worth fifty to sixty thousand dollars twenty years later. That's a pretty good investment. That's what, you know, ten times the value in almost as many years. And that's something to consider. But we cannot own those without going through extra background checks, having federal approval, and getting a tax stamp that you must keep until that weapon is either sold or transferred to somebody else. So, you know, the fact that you can buy, you can't buy a machine gun at a gun show. You can't buy a machine gun at your local gun store. You can buy a military styled weapon. Style is the key word there. It looks like something that the military might carry. It is not. It just looks like it. That's right. Putting the racing stripes on your, on your Camry does not make it a race car. No matter how you drive it, it does not make it an illegal race car. Just as semi-automatic weapons are not made fully automatic just by calling them assault weapons. So keep that in mind and don't let the lamestream media give you your facts and your information because they usually will flat out lie about it. They're either, I don't know if they're lying because they, they deliberately tell you what's not true or are they just so ignorant that they don't know any better. Now, ignorance can be fixed. You can learn about something and not be as ignorant. That's something the media should do. Before they go mouthing off about something that they know nothing about, they should do the research. That's their job. That's their duty to public, to the public, is to do the research, 
present the facts and not distort it with their own twisted sense of morality. But unfortunately, that type of news media is far in the past and they no longer exist today. As we saw, was it uh, Rachel Maddow whining, complaining, thinking doom and gloom when Trump got elected that very night? Instead of being a reporter and reporting the facts, reporting the truth, reporting the information and letting people decide, she took a personal opinion, turned it into a news show, and that was what she wanted to do. That was how she did it. She was supposed to be reporting on election results, and she interjected her personal feelings into the news report. All right, we've got to take a quick break. We'll be back after a few minutes. I am Roger B. This is Locked and Loaded on America's Web Radio. Veteran-owned, America's Web Radio would like to thank all of our incredible patrons. We wouldn't be able to do this without you. If you are not already a patron, you can help us continue to produce some of the most informative and entertaining shows on the Internet by becoming a patron. Patrons of America's Web Radio are the first to receive information about new shows and links to the latest podcast episodes. Join now and receive a free gift while supplies last. For more information and to join our family, please visit www.patreon.com slash America's Web Radio. If you have questions, contact us at gm at americaswebradio.com. And as always, thank you for listening. If you love classic cars, you're going to want to listen to The Classic Car Show with Tom Cox and Richard Lentinello on America's Web Radio. Live every Saturday at 9 a.m. Eastern at americaswebradio.com or on demand on your favorite podcast app. This is America's Web Radio. Would you like to have a show, talk about your business, or express your opinion on America's Web Radio? Just email gm at americaswebradio.com and we'll get back to you. Thank you. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Good day, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. I am Roger B. This is Locked and Loaded, and you're listening to America's Web Radio. Now, another story I have coming in from Washington State. Now, this is an interesting story because Washington State is renowned for being non-gun friendly. That's right. They don't want you to have guns in Washington State. The permit process there is extremely restrictive and may soon fall under the last lawsuit that was filed against New York City with them not being a shall-issue state. Now, let me cover that real quick. There are three types of states, basically, when it comes to carry permits. One, they have a May issue state. This is the hardest place to get a permit because you have to prove you want that you have a need to exercise your constitutional right to keep and bear arms. They restrict it based on people they like, people they want. If you know somebody, if you know a guy, you may be able to get your your permit. But other than that, extremely difficult and basically without a reason or a, a connection somehow, you will get a no when you apply for a permit. That's why it's called May issue because, you know, they can decide whether they want to or not. Sometimes it requires getting to know the local law enforcement, getting approval from them. It is extremely restrictive. And now we're finding out through Supreme Court and court rulings that it may be illegal 
to restrict gun owner ownership and gun carry rights that much. Because the Constitution is very clear. It states the right to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. That simply. And then they have a shall issue state, which means you fill out the paperwork. If your paperwork is filled out in order, your background check comes back clear and clean, you get your permit. As long as you qualify for it and as long as you're not a criminal, a child molester or whatever, if you're not wanted by the federal government for some reason, you're not uh, dishonorably discharged or something like that, you're not a uh, – <clears throat> if you're out on parole, you cannot get a gun permit. There are certain restrictions, but basically any law-abiding citizen who can purchase a handgun legally in the United States can get a permit to carry in these states. Then there's a third type, which is the constitutional carry. Now, this is something that has really taken off in the last few years. In fact, I think Florida just signed off on theirs a couple of weeks ago. And what was interesting about that is Florida, I believe, was like the 26th state to approve constitutional carry. What does that mean? It means they're over 50% of the states now, or right at 50% of the states, have constitutional carry available. So it's 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 a trend that's growing. And as more and more states start adding this, it's going to become interesting to see where the legality issues come in. If you have a constitutional carry right in one state, but you don't have it in another state, then how are you going to determine whether or not you're allowed to carry in that state if you don't have a permit? Some will honor permits but not have constitutional carry, which, again, is another reason why I say if your state is willing to issue a permit, I would say to get it. It makes background checks easier. It makes reciprocity with other states that do not have constitutional carry easier. It it makes it more like having a driver's license. You know, if you have this permit and it's in the reciprocities with 30 other states, then you have a lot of ground covered by getting a permit. And constitutional carry states, obviously those are good for everybody, whether you're a citizen of the state or not. If you're a citizen of the United States, you should be able to carry in any constitutional carry state. So consider that. But the permit is important because it gives you that extra layer of approval. Plus, if you're buying a weapon, a lot of states, if you have the permit, will bypass the background check because you've already had one and your permit shows evidence of that, that you've undergone an FBI background check and they don't need to investigate you any further. So it expedites the process, possibly makes it less expensive because there are shops that will charge for a background check or give you a little discount on a gun if you already have your permit. So consider that. But, you know, constitutional carry, uh, now you still, the thing about constitutional carry, even though that state approves of it, you still have to undergo a federal background check when you purchase a weapon. Constitutional carry does not exempt you from getting your background check when purchasing. So keep that in mind. It's not an open invitation for everybody to buy whatever kind of gun they want. You can't do that. You must undergo the federal background check. Every single time you buy a gun. The only exception to that is if you purchase more than one gun at a time, one background check will usually suffice for that if they're being purchased at the same time. Other states have different rules about buying guns from individuals. That's something that's going to vary from state to state, and the rules are different there. Some require you to register your purchaser and your and your seller. Others you can do a private transfer, no no issue with that at all. No other requirements other than to, like in Georgia, I know you must be a resident of the state in good standing 
to be able to purchase a weapon. Now, is it the seller's responsibility to check on this? To some extent. At least ask to get a glance at a driver's license. If they'll let you glance at a pistol permit that would or a carry permit, that would be even better because then you know they have a background check. That's all you really are responsible to do. You don't have to do any more than that right now. Now, some states require government transfers where you have to take the weapon to a gun shop or uh, someplace that sells weapons and provide all the information on both sides to sell it and transfer it to somebody else. And it, the name actually gets changed on what is not supposed to be gun registration, but they just do the background check to make sure you are someone who may own a gun. It's like buying a new gun. They make you go through all the steps of buying a new one, even when you're buying a used one from an individual. Some states don't have that requirement, and you can buy directly from an individual without any kind of additional background check. But like I said, it's responsibility of the seller to at least know what the rules are in that state. Because just because you don't know doesn't mean you can ignore them. So keep that in mind. But so if you're living in, in a sha- in a May issue state, the chance of you getting a gun permit slim to none. Now, what does this mean for self-defense? That means you need to look at that state's laws and see where you are allowed to have a weapon with you. Most of the time, you cannot carry it with you outside of your house, off your property, outside of your place of business. Now, sometimes you are allowed to carry it in your vehicle. But there are specifications. Sometimes it has to be locked in a box away from the ammunition or magazines. Other times it can be all locked together but in a locked box. Sometimes it has to be in the glove box, on the seat. There are certain specifications which each state is different, so you're going to have to learn your own state's rules on that. Some states don't allow you to carry anything anywhere unless you have that permit, which, of course, they will not issue 90-plus percent of the time. Like trying to get a gun permit in California is nearly impossible. It takes – you have to know somebody. You have to have a reason that they deem acceptable. You don't get to exercise your Second Amendment rights without their approval. Now, could you imagine if they did that with First Amendment rights? Could you imagine if you did not have the right to free speech unless you got a permit or a pass, or some sort of approval. They had to know what you were going to say, and they had to approve it for public consumption. People would be up in arms. They'd be fighting like crazy. Imagine taking a test or filling out a permit to get a voter's card. Some states don't even require a voter's card at all. You just show up and you vote. You know, you don't have to prove you're a citizen or anything. But yet, in order to buy a gun, they don't want you to have one, so they put up a ridiculous number of roadblocks for American citizens exercising their Second Amendment rights to be stifled in that, to be shut down, to have that right virtually taken away. Now, they will allow you to purchase a weapon, but as far as using it to defend yourself, your places you can take it with you are extremely limited. You don't have a lot of choices there, which makes it much more difficult. But... Assuming you're going to keep it at home or you're going to protect your household, you're going to protect yourself and your family when you're home, most states will allow you to own a weapon. A lot of times you're you're required to get a permit just to even own one. I know in New York they have a $300 60-page application just to be able to purchase a handgun. Not to carry it. Nothing like that. Can't carry it anyway, concealed, open. You cannot carry it at all with that. That's just to enable you to purchase the weapon. Now, could you imagine? Okay, you want to vote. You go. Okay, I want to get. I want to get. A, I want to register to vote. Okay. Well, there's going to be a three hundred dollar fee for the application to vote. Yeah. Does that seem fair? Oh, but it's my right. Well, your right to own a gun is in the Constitution as well. It is there. 
It is stated clearly, and it is the second amendment to the Constitution, only behind free speech, freedom of assembly, freedom of religion. The second right is to keep and bear arms. Yet some states will just ignore the Constitution on this, make it extremely difficult for you to be able to exercise your rights. And that just that irks me so bad that this is the one thing they find, and they blame it on public safety. Is this really about public safety, or is it about disarming people that they don't believe should have weapons? I bet every Washington politician, where they work, they have armed guards. Where they live, they live in gated communities where they have armed guards. Their kids go to schools with armed guards because they deem themselves way more important than a common everyday citizen. If you're not extremely rich, a celebrity, or a politician, you don't, you shouldn't have the right to defend, defend yourself. That's the way a lot of these politicians think. They think they are privileged, they are special, they have rights you do not. They throw equality of law right out the window every single day, and they don't care. And until we can make politicians realize they answer to the people, they are representatives. They are not rulers. They're not leaders. They are representatives of the people. Until they realize that, this is just going to get more and more out of control, and you're going to push regular American citizens further down the class ladder, according to politicians. Politicians deem themselves so self-important that they think they have rights that American citizens do not. And that goes entirely against equality under the law. There should be no privileges to being a politician other than you should feel honored by the people who put you there. And you should feel esteem the fact that they chose you over other people to represent them. And you should go out of your way to represent them in the best way possible. And think of, you know, if these politicians would think about themselves for a minute and think, would I want that right taken away from me? Would I want to be restricted in that way? Is that something I would be happy with? But they don't because they see themselves as above you. Your politicians are looking down on you from their pedestals going, you're not worthy of being as privileged as I am. And until this this mentality goes away, it's going to be difficult to preserve freedom in this country. So, you know, every dictator throughout history has had gun control. Hitler, Stalin, Lenin, Mao Zedong, whatever, the Chinese leader when he started. That Every communist country, most socialist countries, will not give you any rights to own a gun at all because they don't want you to fight back. They want to be in control of every aspect of your life. But especially now, in the United States, you have the right currently to keep and bear arms in most places. And you need to exercise this right. In fact, there was, where did that go? I have statistics from the FBI on this because the gun ownership in this country has gone, has gone way up recently. Okay. According to the FBI, an average of 13 million guns were sold legally in the U.S. between 2010 and 2019. Now, starting in 2020, that figure went up to 20 million guns, went up by 7 million guns a year from 2020 on. Now, you might say, what caused this? Why did people all of a sudden feel the need to own a gun? Well, because look at what was going on in 2020. You had riots going on in the streets. You had pandemic rules where you couldn't leave the house. Or you weren't supposed to. You couldn't meet people. It was difficult to get goods to your house. 
to go shopping because you weren't allowed to go out of the house. And the riots were tearing stuff up, taking over parts of cities. They occupied parts of Washington, of Seattle, occupied territory in the United States by people who were not elected officials. That's insane. I mean, that's something that happens in a third world country, but it happened here. And we, and the, and the government there let it happen rather than confront them and push them to do the right thing, to be legal about what was going on. They just let them run rampant. They didn't even try and stop them. So whose, whose job is it to protect you when the government fails you? When they can't protect you, when they can't even get emergency services to your area because it's been taken over by a bunch of thugs and gangsters. It is your responsibility. And unfortunately, I say a lot of these states make it more and more difficult to be able to do this. But yeah, but people are still finding a way. Like I say, from, from 13 million to 20 million in one year, it flipped up and has been high ever since, which shows you people are realizing without police protection at their fingertips, or instantly, you need to be your own first responder. I've said this a dozen times. I love it when you're your own first responder. You need to have a way to defend your family, your property, and your yourself. And having a gun is one of the best ways to do it. God made men. Colonel Colt made them all equal. <coughs> so that's something to consider. I mean, that's, that's, that phrase has been around forever. Let's see. I have some other statistics also. Let's see now. Oh, and ammunition sales have gone up tremendously also. As any of you have recent, some of the recent gun buyers have realized ammunition is expensive. And, uh, it's gone up considerably. Now it is starting to settle back down a little bit. I don't know if it'll ever go back to where it was back in 2019 or early 2020. But it's coming back down to more reasonable levels, but inflation is going to keep it a little higher. Now this is interesting too. In 2021, there were 5.4 million first-time gun buyers. That doesn't mean somebody who had a gun just wanted another one. That means people who have never owned a gun before legally in this country were buying weapons. That's 5.4 million. <coughs> that's probably eh, that's a little less than 2%, but, yeah, it's close. First-time gun owners in the United States, 5.4 million in one year. New, never-before Gun owners. So people are seeing, they're seeing the advantage to being able to defend yourself. They're seeing the advantage to being your own first responder. Cause they know you call the police, you could wait hours to get attention from somebody and you could be in dire need of protection. You could be in dire need of self-defense. And if you don't have it yourself, the police are not responsible to, to provide it for you. That's something that's been proven. Now, it's another thing. This is an interesting story I had here. In Washington State, there was a burglar who broke into a house. They don't know what he was there to do, but he broke in. And this wasn't in the middle of the night. This wasn't in a really bad neighborhood. This was in the middle of the day in a neighborhood that's considered a very nice neighborhood. Now, I love when people say that. They'll go, oh, this is a nice neighborhood. I can't believe this is happening here. Well, let me tell you something. Criminals are not going to go to bad neighborhoods where they don't have anything worth stealing where the people are more likely to defend themselves, where they're more used to the crime and the and the attitudes and the the unsafe conditions. They're more used to this. They can deal with it better. People who live in nice neighborhoods aren't used to dealing with this. They don't have to do this on a regular basis. And you know what? 
they're not going to go to bad neighborhoods to rob people. They don't have as much stuff to steal. They're going to go to the best neighborhood they can. And they also realize most good neighborhoods, people work during the day. So that's a that's when most burglaries take place during the day versus at night. Especially, or not burglaries, I should say, uh, no, yeah, burglaries, not robberies. Burglary means nobody's there. Robbery means somebody's there. So somebody broke into this gentleman's house. This is in Washington State. And he was shot by the person who lived in the residence. And like I said, this is 1.30 in the afternoon. So this is not in the middle of the night. This is not something weird. Now, he shot and killed the guy right there after he broke into his house. And it's crazy because the neighbors were just shocked to even see this. They thought they live in a safe neighborhood. They thought they were, they were, they were shielded from this kind of thing. Apparently they were not. Now, the person who did the shooting is under investigation now. Even though the guy smashed, he broke into his house, kicked the front door open, broke into his house, and he was shot multiple times and he died on the scene. So that's, I mean, that there's no reason most states have a reasonable castle doctrine meaning you are allowed to protect your home from unwanted intrusion now washington state tends to be a little more liberal they're conducting an investigation now there is something that seems a little odd is that the person who was breaking into the house knew the guy who lived in the house they had had they had crossed paths before um, he, the guy breaking in had had criminal trespass charges filed against him before. So he was a, he was a criminal. He didn't care about the law. So, but this other guy, they apparently knew each other in some way. They're doing an investigation now to see how they had some sort of relationship. But right now, there's no charges being pressed against the shooter because when someone breaks through your front door, kicks in the door, you should have a right to defend yourself. I don't care what state you're in. Shouldn't matter what country you're in either, but apparently some countries that's not allowed to defend yourself with a gun at all. But the fact that they're, they're hesitating on letting this guy off of all charges kind of worries me. So are you allowed to defend yourself? What are the repercussions? It seems as if if you do, you're automatically a criminal. If you defend yourself, your family, your property. In certain states, they don't believe in your right to do that. But yet if this was the house of a politician, it would be no problem. What is it? Uh, there was the people in, I believe it was Washington or Oregon, where they broke in through a gated community, marched across the streets, marched through the streets to go to uh, the mayor's house in that particular city. And these people, when I saw these people on their front lawn, on their front driveway, they walked out guns in hand. And they got arrested for... Th- for supposedly threatening protesters when all they did was defend their property. That was their only crime as they stood up for themselves. It's almost like self-defense in this country isn't worth pursuing because you're going to be charged, you're going to be found to be the aggressor, you're going to be found to be the problem, and the and the criminal is going to be victimized. He's going to be turned into a victim. Oh, my gosh, he had a bad childhood. Oh, my God, he had too many fries with lunch. Whatever it was, they're going to make up some excuse why this criminal sometimes career criminal can get away with literally committing criminal trespass, assault, possibly murder, and they're not going to hold him responsible for that. All right, we're going to come back in a few minutes after this couple of messages. I am Roger B. The show is locked and loaded on America's Web Radio. Start taking back our country from the liberal wokes by voting locally for conservative Republicans. 
If you want the truth about politics, medicine, weapons, classic cars, and more, you'll want to tune in to America's Web Radio. You can listen to all of your favorite shows live at www.americaswebradio.com or on demand on iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. That's www.americaswebradio.com. Veteran-owned, America's Web Radio would like to thank all of our incredible patrons. We wouldn't be able to do this without you. If you are not already a patron, you can help us continue to produce some of the most informative and entertaining shows on the Internet by becoming a patron. Patrons of America's Web Radio are the first to receive information about new shows and links to the latest podcast episodes. Join now and receive a free gift while supplies last. For more information and to join our family, please visit www.patreon.com slash America's Web Radio. If you have questions, contact us at gm at americaswebradio.com. And as always, thank you for listening. This is America's Web Radio. Would you like to have a show, talk about your business, or express your opinion on America's Web Radio? Just email gm at americaswebradio.com and we'll get back to you. Thank you. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we're back. This is Locked and Loaded. I am Roger B., and you're listening to America's Web Radio. Okay, I'm going to go back to some statistics real quick and get these out there so you can hear them. Now, we were talking about, let's see, oh, yeah, first-time gun owners, 5.4 million in one year in 2021. Now we're going to show the burglary data. Remember I said a lot of burglaries take place during the day because they know working people are not home. And this was shown in the FBI burglary data showed in 2021 that 196 plus thousand, 196,684 burglaries were committed during the day in residential areas versus 154,000 at night. So 196,000 versus 154,000 daytime to nighttime. What does that tell you? These guys don't want you to be home. They don't want to be there when you're there. They want to be burglars. They don't want to be robbers. The difference is robbery takes place against a person. Burglary takes place against a premise or items. So that's something to consider that the burglary data showed most break-ins take place during the day. Why? Because you're not there. And most people know if they stake out your house for two days, they'll probably know exactly when you come and go from your house. They'll know exactly what car you drive. They'll know exactly how long you're gone, what time you leave, what time you come home. Now, granted, that can change, but they're willing to risk it because most people have a pretty habitual schedule that they follow. Okay, let's go. One more statistic. This is interesting. Now, if you think about this, back in 2020 or between the end of 2019 and 2020, the number of people working from home tripled in the United States. And a lot of people are still working from home. So what does this tell you? You could be a victim of a robbery if you're not prepared to defend yourself. Because you're working from home, burglars think you're out at work, they come by and instantly goes from burglary to robbery. Boom, you're there. If they're armed, you could be in trouble. You could be dead. 
depends on what they want to steal. But with more and more people working from home during the pandemic, they started working from home three times the number of people working from home starting in twenty between 2019 and 2021. I guess that's where the statistics are from. That's as far up as they got. But, I mean, that that's scary. All these people working from home and they have no way to defend themselves in some places. It just gives you one more bit of incentive to go out there and exercise your Second Amendment right. Exercise your right to defend yourself, your family, and your property. Go out there, get some sort of defense system. If it's not a gun, get a stun, a stun device or a taser gun. Go out there and get a beanbag throwing weapon. You know, go out there and get tear gas or pepper spray or something else to defend yourself. Something to deter them from making you a victim. Also, provide some security to your house. Let them know that this would not be a good house to break into. How would you do that? Make sure everything is locked. If you have, a, if you can get a couple of cameras, that would be very helpful also because keep in mind now, these cameras are ridiculously cheap. I think you can get the, what is it, the Blink cameras, I think one brand name, but you can get a wireless camera for about t- less than $20 now. So for less than $100, you could put three to five cameras on your property and most of them will sync right up with your phone and you can look at them anytime you want. You get a camera with an alert system on them, which can cost, it costs a little bit of money. I think the last one I saw was uh, like 40 bucks a year. $40 for a year, and you get to monitor your own situation. You get to see who steps into your, your front door camera. You get to see when a car pulls up the driveway. You get to know what's going on. If you need assistance immediately, whether you're home or not, you can call the police at that point. But you can be notified. The technology today has gone so far that it makes it so easy to be able to help defend yourself, to help get information you need. You know, if you're a, you live in a house, you have, you can have a camera with an automatic alert system set up to where you will be notified if anybody crosses that camera zone, whether they pull up your driveway, whether they walk up your sidewalk, no matter where they are, there will be a time when they can be caught on camera. Now, some criminals don't care. They cover their faces. They cover their eyes. But if they don't, your house is probably not going to be the one that they come to to steal things from the porch or from anywhere else because you've got them on camera. You know, you've got cameras, you'll be alerted. And even if you're home, if you're working in another room and you don't hear somebody walk up your driveway, they could go grab all your packages off your front porch and take off with them. Even in the middle of the day while you're home, this could happen. So be aware of that. These these crooks are getting bold. And with the police department scaling back everywhere, it's harder and harder to be able to defend yourself. Now, I'm not saying you should shoot somebody over stealing packages, but you could certainly confront them. You could certainly get a more clear picture. You could certainly go out there and get a picture of a license plate. You could certainly pursue them off your property. There are things that can be done if you're there. Now, again, if you're there by yourself and you're a child or a smaller female, you may not want to be putting yourself in a situation of potential danger against a criminal of any type. So therefore, you need an equalizer. You need something to make you as dangerous as possible to that criminal. You need that criminal to go, you know what? This is not worth it. I don't want to risk my life to steal this stuff. You know, just the fact that they're there is usually enough of an indication that they don't value their own life very much. 
Yeah, I know. You hear people all the time, oh, you would be willing to shoot somebody over your stuff? It's like, hey, if they're willing to come and get shot over stealing my stuff, they made that choice. I didn't make it for them. They made it for themselves. They decided my stuff was worth more than their life. So, you know, don't put that all on the the defensive side of things. That's an offensive thing. You don't go to somebody's house to steal things unless you have you have intent of doing damage right there you're going to steal from them and you may wonder well it's just stuff well how do you get stuff think about that for a minute how do you get stuff you work hard at a job you get paid money after you pay your taxes on all the money you get money and you go buy stuff they're literally stealing time from your life by doing that the time you took to earn that money to buy whatever it is they're stealing you paid for with blood sweat and tears and time that's the one thing you cannot buy back you cannot change they're stealing time from you and that's something that should not be allowed under any circumstances are they willing to risk their lives from steal to steal from you that's the question you need to be asking don't ask somebody if they're willing to shoot you over stuff Ask the criminal, are they willing to risk their lives over stealing stuff, over taking something from somebody who worked for it, who put the time of their life into it? Yeah, there's no reason why anybody should be stealing from somebody and not expect severe repercussions. But unfortunately, the judges these days are just not that interested in handing down justice either. So there's that. It's kind of crazy how these people just... I was the one, the guy was in a restaurant, came in, wielding a gun, sticking in people's faces, asking for money. There are people throwing money at him. And he, and then some guy gets up as he walks past him, gets up, shoots him several times, drops him dead right there. And the people were complaining, you don't have to shoot him over that. He goes, he was waving a gun in my face. You know, what if he had shot me in the face? It's not, he made that choice. When he pointed a weapon at me, he made that choice to make himself a target. He made that choice to make himself somebody who was doing harm. He made himself the person to be shot. It didn't just randomly shoot him out of nowhere, no. He was walking around threatening people, pointing the guns in people's faces, demanding money, and he got shot. He got eliminated. The threat was eliminated. Now, afterwards, they found out the gun was not real. But how do you know that if you're sitting there, you know, some guy sticks a gun in your face, even if it if it looks real, how are you going to know the difference until you actually put it in your hands and check it? And even then, you may not know if it's real or not. Some of the airsoft guns out today look so realistic, there's no way you could tell. No way at all. So be aware of that. I mean, you have to be, you have to be so alert everywhere you go. Pay attention. Have situational awareness if you go out much because you need to know what's coming. You need to know where it's coming from. You need to help identify what, if you, if you're not going to fight back, if you don't have a gun and somebody comes into a restaurant or place of business, where are the nearest exits? Do you know? You know the one place you came in. Can you get to that exit? If not, are there other places to go? When you walk into a store, glance around. See if you see any other doorways. Or see if you see where the restrooms are. That's usually a good place to look for an exit doorway. I mean, I know I don't want you to have to do recon at every place you walk into. But it wouldn't hurt to take a 30-second look around just to kind of see where another door might be or where the back of the store is. If someone's coming in the front, do you have time to get to the back and get out? Because the best way to avoid a fight is not to be there. Now, you can't always, that can't always be your choice. But if you do have that choice, always take that over confrontation. 
The only place that would not hold true is if you were in your own house and your family is there. Even then, if you can get them out safely, that's great. But if you think there's any risk to them at all, you need to be, you need to confront and eliminate the threat. That's all you can do. I mean, cause it's, you're the only thing that stands between the criminal doing harm and you protecting the lives of your family, friends, yourself, and your property. That's what it takes. You have to be willing to make that decision. You have to be willing to step up, get the training you need to be proficient with that weapon, whatever it is that you may get. And of course, a gun is the easiest, the most effective against stopping criminals. In fact, once they've had that lead injection, they usually don't get up from that. That's usually a permanent solution to stopping criminals. <sighs> a little bit of lead will make them go away, and that's what you want. You don't want them to be around to rob somebody else on another day. You don't want them to be able to get out on bail. And besides, you've heard the expression, dead men tell no tales. And that's entirely true in this situation. As long as you're sure you are in the right, as long as they are inside your house threatening you with deadly force, there was one story where a guy was a store clerk, and a guy came in waving a knife around at him, started trashing the store, started breaking stuff up, and the guy apparently was safe where he was, and then the the threat decided to leave. He followed the man outside, waited for him to get in his car, and he shot him through the window. Now, he was destroying his store. He was tearing stuff up, but he was already leaving. He was already on an exit path. He was already to the point where he should not have confronted him again in my eyes. Now, he said he was going to get his gun. Who knows? But until he comes out of that car with a gun, you do you cannot take that extra step. Now, you have to let him be, especially because you could have gone in your store, locked the door, and kept him out. Now, had he shot the glass door or tried to break in after that... Then it would be all on like Donkey Kong. You could take him out any time, any way you had to. That's what it would take. That's all it would take. So be aware. Learn the rules, though. You have to know the rules of your state. You have to know the rules that are involved in carrying a gun in whatever area you live in. You have to know what the potential downside is to you using a weapon. Remember, every bullet you fire has a lawyer attached to it. So keep that in mind when you're thinking about self-defense. Find the most effective way for you to defend yourself, your property, your family, and let them know you are not going to be a target. I am Roger B. This is Locked and Loaded, and you've been listening to America's Web Radio. The views, opinions, and content of the show hosts and their guests appearing on America's Web Radio are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of the station. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.